Stepping into the kilns is a rather eerie experience, climbing into the dimly lit space and hearing the voices of the women emerging from the walls and echoing around this circular chamber. in those days and still am <laughs> and yeah the conditions did bother me quite a bit and the wages that people were being paid especially in the artists uh, they weren't being paid properly eventually I asked if anyone was interested in bringing in the unions because I had asked already if we could have a, a proper toilet for the artist behind this project is Nikki Bird she worked closely with the Portobello Heritage Trust to find the women who had worked as decorators at the pottery all the way until the business finally closed its doors in Portobello in 1972. She set herself the challenge of meeting those women and then persuading them to let her record their memories from so long ago. It's actually been a real joy because there's been a real momentum on the project right from the beginning, reaching to three decorators who shared their memories and experience with me and also other decorators as well who are coming forward. So um, it hasn't been difficult and there's been, it's more than enough material, <laughs> but we're having to come to a, a certain end point now, which is very exciting. Well, what you've done is you've uh, interviewed the various uh, decorators and their words are currently booming around inside the kiln. Yes, yeah, so there's three voices. They are three women who are talking about their experiences working in uh, Buckham Pottery right from being interviewed, how they got the job, what they remembered of actually physically painting pieces of pottery that they worked on, but also this kind of community of women that were working together and the sort of lasting memories of, uh, of a place that is um, no longer here other than the kilns. Now this weekend what we've got is not just people able to come here but there is a, a walking tour as well. Yes, I'm doing a walking tour on the Sunday, walk around the, the uh, not only the kiln and the sound piece in the kiln, but there's, we've got our photo banners up as well, and sort of talking about how the project has come about, um, but also now its conclusions and, uh, and what you're hoping to leave behind. And then on the Saturday, we've got our decorators, the decorators tea party, which is a celebration of the women that worked here. Some of the women joined the Bachan pottery straight from school. They were given a test of their aptitude and decorating skills before being hired. One of them was Marie Fortuna, who had studied pottery at school. She found it quite a thrill to be paid for something that she enjoyed, but it was very detailed, demanding work, which required a lot of concentration. And once she became more experienced, every day was different. The pottery to be painted was brought in on boards. You never knew what you were getting and so it was all very exciting. Sometimes you got maybe big jugs, you know, half a dozen on a board, but if there was cups, there would be 20 on a board, and it was all all hand-painted. Quite detailed work, I can imagine. Very detailed work. Couldn't really make mistakes. You had to be quite quick and, and quite precise. What sort of designs were you asked to paint? Well, at the time when I first started, it was mostly thistles on all different types of pottery, you know, tankards, cups, saucers. But then as you got more experienced, you, you maybe got bigger things like casserole dishes and big flagons and vegetable dishes. And then once you'd been there a wee while and you proved that you were quite 
fluent, you know, precise. You would get different designs because Buckins not only did thistles, they did many different, many different designs which were designed by the head decorator who was called Irene Forbes and she came up with a lot of designs for Buckins. Apparently they went all over the world. So looking, looking back... Did you have happy times there? Very happy times. It was such a lovely crowd of girls. This was the early 60s, you know, the miniskirts. The can't remember, you know, any sort of backstabbing bitchiness like you, you have in the workplace today. It was, there were such a lovely crowd of girls. There was a lot of students that, that came for a short time. They would come and go, but the ones that did stay there for, you know, more than a year, we all seemed to get on. And they were all wonderful artists and really really nice people. And are any of you still in touch with each other? Well, through Nikki's project, I've been in touch with another two decorators and it was wonderful because we hadn't seen each other for 50 years and we had so many memories. And of course, I had photographs, they had photographs, the head decorator had lots of photographs. So it was so fantastic looking at the photographs. couldn't believe how young we looked. <laughs> a residence like this has long been an ambition of the Porty Art Walks curator, Rosie Naylor. Under the title of Landmark, the idea was to focus on Portobello's industrial past and to explore the relationship of land to community, a land marked by an industrial heritage. She's been determined to create something more lasting than the Art Walk Festival itself, and she's very excited to see this come to fruition. Yes, I think it is rather exciting that we are managing to deliver lots of the ideas I've always had in my head that I wanted to do in terms of, A, projects that relate to Portobello very much so in terms of heritage, but also events that show we're doing much more than just one festival one time a year. I think that's quite crucial and and very good, yeah. And this is the first of what I think you hope is going to be a kind of ongoing thing that the Porty Art Walk is no longer just going to be a couple of weekends in the autumn. Yeah, I see the Art Walk, the Porty Art Walk as being kind of the the main thing that happens during the year, but then we'll have all these other spin-off things and who knows, they may evolve into their own thing and become almost as big as the Art Walk is in terms of the festival, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it'll be that way. I mean, we've got Nicky's residency here but at the same time we've got a residency going on at the allotments we've got an event up there next weekend too so this kind of thing's murmuring along that will kind of evolve into bigger pieces. For Nicky Bird the exhibition in the kilns and the walks around where the pottery once stood are the start of what she hopes will turn into something more lasting such as a book or an e-book? Well, I think because of the wealth of material and the, particularly the quality of the interviews and the photographs, that, the post photographs that we've had coming forward, that we really do feel that there needs to be a lasting legacy of some kind of book uh, is what we would like to do. And that would be representing the kinds of images and words um, from the decorators that we've um, met and those others, these voices I haven't recorded yet, but we definitely would like to have captured in that book work. But on the other hand, you could actually even create an e-book Yes. and embed the audio within them. Yes, I think there's different ways that we can look at that as well. So at the moment, from the short residency, we've got three wonderful transcripts as well as the audio. And there's ways now that, as you point out, there's different ways now that you can think of what a book, an audio book and a visual book can actually be these days. The exhibition in the kilns will take place over both this and next weekend. 
There will also be a decorator's tea party in the washhouse this afternoon, where there will be an opportunity to share stories and other memorabilia. And the public are welcome to bring along any buck and pots they may own, and who knows, they might even just meet its decorator.